Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast, where each episode provides in-depth insights about the long-term value of companies and ideas in our current world. Your host for this podcast is Doug Utberg, the founder and principal consultant for Business of Life, LLC. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Jen Smith here of the Frugal Friends Podcast, and we are going to be talking about frugal living for executives. Now, at first, you know, when you first hear that, you're like, okay, what do executives need to know about frugal living for? Because they're, you know, the whole reason you try to become an executive or a business owner is so you can have a lot of financial resources at your disposal so you don't have to pinch pennies. But I think that's where that's where it gets um, th- th- that's where the point of view comes in because frugal living isn't really about pinching pennies. It's really about uh, just understanding how you are consuming resources and making sure that you're doing that in an intelligent way. Uh, Jennifer, uh, introduce yourself and. Don't don't let me talk too much. Hey, I am Jen Smith. I am the co-host of a Frugal Friends podcast uh, and author of several personal finance books, all focusing on uh, frugality and kind of rebranding it from personal finances like F word to something that people <laughs> get excited to talk about and live by. But the F in frugality, as you might say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, and so, but uh, in the in the uh, pre-interview conversation, what we were the one of the things we were talking about that a lot of people overlook is time, uh, because you know, as I'm fond of saying, right, I can always make more money, but you can never make more time. Uh, so that means you, know, if a minute, an hour, a day. Uh, goes by, you can't get that time back. And at least uh, where I'm at right now, my daughter's 15 and my son's 12. So my kids are at that time that you really, really can't get back because they only grow up once. And and once they're grown up, they're grown up. And so, you know, it's, you know, right now, I know I'm, uh, I I consistently work with trying to juggle all the things that we have to do between work, family, kids, uh, because specifically that time uh, just, you, you just can't recreate it. Uh, but uh, Jen, what are some of the things that you've seen, uh, especially as far as uh, you know, entrepreneurs and executives uh, figuring out how, how do they properly manage and uh, conserve their time? Yeah. So when people think of frugality, obviously we first think of money. Yeah. Um, but honestly, we think that frugality is just being a good steward of consumable resources. And so obviously to an extent that is money, we definitely want people to believe and know that you can always make more money. Um, But that's also time and natural resources and physical space um, and other people's time. And so as entrepreneurs, we often, or executives, we often get caught up in, I can do it well enough So I should just do it versus having somebody else do it. Or uh, sometimes we we might schedule maybe a few too many meetings and waste other people's time. So really looking at how you can be a better steward of your time, which is the only resource that there cannot be made more of or not can can't be creatively substituted is super important uh, when you are managing yeah. other people's time and when your time is worth so much. Well, and I think uh, you, you just hit on a point that I, I don't want to walk past right there when you're talking about you accurately 
understanding the value of your time, because I think it's really easy to get into the trap where you think, okay, well, you know, I need to conserve money, but you end up treating your own time or other people's time like it's free. And the truth is it's not, uh, you, know, e- you know, even leisure time has value. Uh, you know, I think it's just so important to really understand the value of yours and other people's time so that you are budgeting it accordingly. Yeah, I had an instance, uh, well, a season rather earlier this year where I I had basically kind of like a mental breakdown because I was running uh-huh. two businesses at the same time and I had one part-time assistant and it, it was that thing where I was like, I can do, I can do this good enough. I'm good yeah. enough at doing this. It's easier for me to just bang it out, do it, than try and teach somebody else. Yeah. Um, and that mindset it wasted my time. It wasted my assistant's time because I was paying her and she was not doing the things that I really needed her to do. Yeah. So I was paying her for, for doing very little. Um, and so I, I had to first come to the conclusion that I needed help. I needed to value my time more. Um, and that I actually needed to eliminate one of these businesses that I was running by myself um, to do the business that was more enjoyable to me. And it happened that the one that I chose, the podcast, at present, it was making less money than the other business. And But because I was a good steward of our financial resources, it was okay for me to choose that less profitable business because I knew it had more potential. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't have to worry about what we were going to do for money because I was already being aware of how I was stewarding those resources. And so there was, it just, it set off things to, um, to create a lot more growth in a business that I enjoy a lot more because I was cognizant of these things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I, yeah, and so um, if, if you don't mind me asking, what was your uh, uh, what was the other business that you were, were looking at, or that not looking at that you were running? Yeah, I mean, so it was kind of two businesses of itself. So maybe I was running three businesses, but I had a freelance writing um, okay. service based business, and then I also had a blog, um, which I was writing for, but p- at that point, basically just managing, um, yeah. and I was supporting through the freelance writing. And so while gotcha. I was I was good at it and I was getting like a lot of, you know, bigger clients every year. Uh-huh. It wasn't as fun as doing the podcast because, yeah. you know, I, I love podcasting, uh, but we were growing really rapidly um, yeah. at the podcast without as much work. And so I was like, why am I, why am I holding on to this thing I've built with such a tight fist, having, having kind of this sunk cost yeah. mindset of, of everything I had done and built instead of doing living in the freedom that I was trying yeah. to build for myself with, um, conscious consumption. And, and so it was, I, it came to, it came to a head this summer when we were, um, we were putting on this really big virtual summit with the podcast. Yeah. And I was like, I literally can't do, but I'm creating like a fifth job yeah. for myself when I'm supposed to be like, one CEO of one thing. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I, uh, I realized the CEO I was of one thing cert- that, that that's 2019 thinking right there. <laughs> you're right. Everybody has 10 hustles going on. That's life. I, you know, if you're, you know, if, if you're not dropping balls, you're not, ju- if you're not dropping something, you aren't juggling enough stuff. You need to hustle faster. Yeah. 
And I, I had a mentor actually get on the phone with me and, and say like, what, what do you want and what is enough? Because yeah. those can be two different things. Cause what I wanted was, you know, seven, eight figure success that I was seeing other people get. But yeah. what was enough for me was actually far, far, far less, but people just weren't bragging about yeah. having enough. Like people were yeah. on social media saying, Oh, I make enough. <laughs> so, so well, I didn't, okay. I had to come to terms with what, yeah. what I bring, what I wanted down to what was enough. Yeah. Well, and uh, specifically, if you're talking about like, say the freelance versus podcast versus other types of things, right? Something like a podcast has a long cook, right? You, you need to be at it for a few years before it really takes off. And then of course, you can't really monetize it in either business development for say like a consulting practice, you know, which of course is what I'm doing, or in terms of say like sponsorships until you get an audience, which takes a couple of years to build. Same thing with the blog. Uh, you know, if you're doing something freelance, I go, okay, yes, you know, you can usually make money in short in shorter, shorter order, but there's a much lower ceiling and you're trading time for money, which of course is, you know, going to necessarily be limited because like we said, time is something that you can't print more of it. There's a very finite amount. So, um, and there was, uh, your, your, your comment on people not bragging about enough kind of made one of the things that made me think about is that, right. You know, for everybody who, um, you know, who looks like a social media celebrity, uh, I think we, we all think, Hey, they just put their account up and then they got, you know, 10 million followers. Um, you know, so, but that's usually not the case. In fact, in a lot of cases, what people have done to make themselves look like a, uh, you know, you know, you know look like an Instagram celebrity is they went out and they bought a whole bunch of followers uh, to develop a momentum until they started getting, you know, more organic followers, or at least that's the, uh, that's the template that I've seen a lot of times. So, you know, you, you, you it's important to just understand <laughs> that, uh, a, a lot of people, you know, it's, it's not the instant success that it looks like it, it takes a lot of work. And usually, you know, you have to go through that, um, you know, that you, you have to go through that, you know, that self-doubt and uncertainty in order to cross the threshold, um, you know, I, 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 I don't think you can get around that. Maybe some people do, but I don't know how, how that can be done. It's, I think, I think the self-doubt and I think the journey is a blessing because people who reach like the climax of the mountain yeah. before they're um, like emotionally, mentally ready, they yeah. don't stay there. They don't capitalize on it as well. Like you yeah. need that time to build so that when you see that quote unquote overnight success, then you have a solid foundation yeah. and you can reach the potential. Like all of the people online that you really, uh, you know, look up to that have yeah. these really enviable businesses, they spent a long time building that foundation yeah. and just cap the growth just capitalized over time. Yeah. And so, and, and even some people build that foundation faster than others. And I think yeah. we also have to realize we're all in different seasons too. So like, mm -hmm. I see so many like young people in their, I mean, I'm still young, I'm in my early thirties, but I see like so many people in their twenties, like building these Instagram followings that are just uh, crazy. And they have no kids, they have no partners, yeah. they like do, you know, nothing but social media and like build digital products and, you know, coach, that's all they do. So of course they're going to build faster. Yeah. They're posting two, three times a day on Instagram or TikTok. Yeah. And that's not reasonable or advisable for people with lives yeah. um, outside well, of their business. Well, and I guess the... Um, 
the other thing that I think too is so like for example, uh, a couple months ago, my wife and I we for our twentieth anniversary we were we went down to Disneyland for a couple of days because you know we're big Disney fans, and so but anyway we're we're getting ready to go on Peter Pan and the people behind us in line they were like live casting themselves at Disneyland going on rides and all that and, I, and that just kind of made me think of like okay so basically if you're going to like kind of try to go big in the social media thing you basically almost have to essentially live your life in front of a camera. And I'm like, okay, is it possible to do that and not become like a Kardashian class narcissist? I don't know. I don't, I haven't seen it, but that's that's what I'm worried about is that, you know, at some point, do you just become so self-obsessed that you like almost literally lose touch with reality? I do. I do know a lot of, of Instagram and TikTok, like yeah. people with large, you know, million yeah. plus followers. I, mean, I, I hope that's people. the case. Yeah. Yeah. I, there I, I there are great possible. people. There are some narcissists, but there yeah. are a, a ton of great people out that, there too. That, that, that makes but me happy they love the platform. Yeah, yeah. They love the platform. And that's the thing. You have yeah. to find the platform you love and invest in one at a time. So for us, yeah. uh, it was podcasting. That's yeah. the platform we love. And that's the top of our marketing funnel. Just like Instagram or TikTok or LinkedIn is the top of other people's marketing funnel. You can't do everything at the same time. Like just now that we've like, you know, been featured on Apple podcasts and all this other stuff, just now are we starting to dive into Instagram and and give our people another way to connect with us. Gotcha. forever, we weren't touching it at all. Um, So, so yeah, you just have to figure out, try them all, play around with all of them. Yeah. Um, see which one you like the best and, and stick with that one until you get a really good following. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Totally makes sense. Well, here, let me, let me veer a conversation back on our on its <laughs> original course. Cause we were talking about, uh, making sure that you appropriately value your time and kind of, you know, really treating time as that consumable resource. Uh, so what are some of the things that you've seen, which are effective ways that, uh, you know, kind of people who are in, uh, you know, in, in sort of high powered type of careers, either business owners, uh, you know, business decision makers, uh, what are some of the most effective ways you've seen that they can really optimize their time? So I, it's going to be different for everyone, obviously. Yeah. And so I think the, the best, the, the best mindset and the best lifestyle, um, I've seen is inspired by the book, the one thing by Gary yeah. Keller, which I'm sure at this point, everybody has heard of it's, um, what, which by doing, uh, now can make everything else later easier or unnecessary. Yeah. And so I think if we live in that mindset, um, and we only do our quote unquote one things, yeah. um, then that naturally creates boundaries. It creates, um, it's easier to say no to things. It's easier to say yes to things that are actionable versus distractionable. Um, So when we live in that kind of, we we create our goals and we create our one things around those goals. That's how you're really going to be able to be the most, have the most efficient use of your time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now I think that's, uh, that that's, that, that, that's really prescient. And I, cause I think, especially, you know, and think about my corporate career, uh, just how, how many distractions, uh, there are and how easy it is to get pulled into them. Um, 
you know, it's, you know, because of course, right, you know, I, I was working for, uh, you know, I worked at Intel for a long time, you know, which of course, you know, fortune, that's like a fortune 50, you know, one of the, you know, big behemoth companies, but you end up getting your entire day filled up with meetings. <laughs> and, yeah, and, right. you know, and I, you know, I don't believe for a moment that all of those meetings are one thing or <laughs> one thing worthy. Uh, you know, it's time gets plopped on your calendar, you go, and then you end up doing your email during the meetings because, of course, you don't have time to do any of your stuff otherwise. So it, it ends up being ends up being this really big hustle. And but when you kind of step back from it, you think, OK, how much of the time that I spent was really, really, really productive and meaningful? And um, mm -hmm. my anecdotal observation is a lot of times it's less than a fifth. It's probably 20 yeah. percent or less. And and once you when you know your one thing and you're honed in on it. Yeah it becomes easier to present kind of data-based like, and, you know, have, have all of those examples to present yeah. to your supervisor and be like, okay, here is the one thing that you have assigned me. And here are all the ways that the yeah. company is getting in the way of me doing this. So what can we take off my plate so that I can better serve you? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, well, okay. Well, let's see. So I think we're, we're getting close to time. I try, I'm, I'm trying to be better at time discipline, you know, per our conversation. <laughs> um, but uh, give, us, uh, uh, give us one or two uh, ideas to, to chew on before, before we conclude. And then, of course, we'll make sure that you get your website out so that everybody knows where to, uh, you know, where to go and find you. And uh, naturally, we'll put it in the show notes as well. Well, I would say one last thing that I think is really important for executives and entrepreneurs to know about frugality um, is that it can actually help you be a better executive and entrepreneur and it can provide mm -hmm. you more freedom. So obviously this conversation is focused on time, yeah. but uh, when you are focusing on your personal financial resources and stewarding yeah. those well um, and being uh, using the same kind of um, ideas as we use with the one thing with time, we use it with our money. What are the financial goals that I have? And what one thing at a time do I need to focus on to get to those goals? It can make your time like more efficient because yeah. you're working on things that get you closer to your financial goals. It can make your work more efficient because even if you're at a job you don't like, um, you know what your next step is and you know that where you are right now is where you need to be to get to that next step. Uh, and it gives you hope because uh, yeah. <laughs> if you are if you are in a job where you feel hopeless, that is that's the worst. So yeah. when you have these goals, uh, these financial goals, and you can, you know, invest well um, and not spend all of your hard-earned money on stuff, trying to keep up with other executives who are wasting time and wasting yeah. money. You can reach a level of financial security and freedom so much earlier that can allow you to do whatever you want. So if you ever want to, for some reason, leave the corporate world and start your own consulting or whatever business, you can do that so much earlier. So don't just take for granted um, that you may not be living paycheck to paycheck, but look yeah. at ways to optimize uh, your money to make it work harder for you so that you can reach freedom faster. Well, and kind of uh, on that note, uh, at least one of the observations I've made is that you know, if, if you're trying to get to that freedom point, having a low burn rate is actually far more uh, far more important, you know, far more impactful and achievable than generating a high rate of return. I mean, because you're know, particularly mm -hmm. if you're in the equity market, right? You have to understand that you know, say like the stock market is a zero sum game that's clustered around the overall market rate of return. 
Um, and so, you know, sometimes there's some, you know, some funds will exceed it, most will underperform it, and they, it all adds up to whatever the market return is, less transaction costs. Um, and so, you know, if you think about that, right, you know, managing your burn rate is going to be, is something that's much more in your control than whatever the financial markets are going to do. Because you also have to remember that about once every 20 to 30 years or so, you're, you know, you'll have a generational correction where your market goes down by somewhere between 40 and 60%. Um, and if that's right before you're getting ready to start, uh, to start doing withdrawals for retirement, you, you could be in pretty rough shape. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that that's one of the reasons why, you know, kind of a holistic strategy. And like you said, maybe go into a consulting practice, because if you transition to something that you can continue doing to earn some income, even if it's not fully replacing your uh, career income, but earn some income, more or less indefinitely, you know, essentially, you know, as long as you're able to do phone calls and return emails, uh, mm -hmm. then that actually creates a lot of security because, the, you know, because then what happens is you don't necessarily need to, you A, you don't need to be dependent on what the equity markets are doing. And then you also don't need to be as dependent on a, you know, on, on a traditional type of career path because they, you know, your equity market disruptions and career disruptions tend to be highly correlated because, you know, the equity markets tend to go sideways when the economy is going sideways, which tends to be when layoffs happen. Yeah. And we think there's, there's just like maybe two paths yeah. like out there, you work and then you retire or you're an entrepreneur and you never retire. <laughs> so there are so many paths though. Yeah. Um, and when you're financially secure and you're not, yeah. um, you know, you, when your lifestyle isn't inf inflating at the rate yeah. or faster than your income is increasing, then you have the space yeah. to get creative and figure out new paths that can, you know, diversify your income, diversify your investments and, and you can create the life that you want to live. Outstanding. I, 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 I don't think I can top that comment. So we're going to make sure to leave <laughs> on a good high note. Um, let everybody know where they can find your podcast and uh, where, uh, where they can find your website. Yeah. If you want to learn more about uh, this kind of frugality, we do talk about saving money and paying off debt, but we also talk about minimalism and sustainability and just basing yeah. your financial decisions around your core values. Um, you can t catch us on Frugal Friends podcast every Friday, wherever you're listening to this one. All right. Outstanding Frugal Friends podcast. Well, Jen, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. All right. I hope you have a wonderful day and everybody listening, hope you have a wonderful day as well. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Share it with your friends by sending them to TerminalValuePodcast.com. For more information, please visit BusinessOfLifeLLC.com for full access to Doug's products and services. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Life, LLC. All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.